welcome everybody to episode number 30. It is the Royal Rumble of episodes. 30 episodes enter, one episode survives. It is I, the man who got expelled from the old school Chris Parcella, alongside my broadcast partner, the 10th wonder of the world, Justin Strem. Stremmy, how are we doing today, my brother? I am doing great, Chris. It is Memorial Day weekend. It is beautiful. And my uh, unsolicited advice is to stay local on long weekends because everyone else leaves town. You can do whatever you want. Yes, you can. And, uh, you know, make your own long weekends by taking a Friday or Monday off because I love kicking around town on long weekends like this. The roads are deserted. You can go wherever you want. The most crowded places you can just walk right into. So I'm having a great time. It's beautiful out. It's a beautiful Saturday morning, afternoon, (laughs) afternoon. Um, This week... It's been 20 years since the passing of Owen Hart, so this week's going to be all about the Rocket, the King of Hearts, the Black Heart, the <laughs> Nugget, the Blue Blazer, the King of the Ring. Yeah, I think that's all of his nicknames. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, this past weekend was Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Uh, it was good. It was really good. Um, I was admittedly tied up this past weekend with uh, Maddie's wedding, which went great. Uh, by the way. Yes, yes. Friend of the show. Congratulations, Maddie. Yeah. So I was in bed by about 9 p.m. Sunday night, Uh, but I've caught up on on most of it. Uh, The reviews were great. Um, You know, some some nice surprises, so a thumbs up from my end. Yeah, I agree. Um, The one thing that I don't like, besides the idea of Lesnar winning the title again, um, was Bailey cashing in right away. I like when the Money in the Bank kind of has it for a while. Yeah. And I mean, I'm pretty sure Lesnar's going to announce his cash-in for the Saudi show on Friday, June 7th. Really? So, yeah, I've got a feeling. I think it um, that would make some sense. I do think it's more of a heel move to, um, you know, be opportune about it. But then again, he's sort of not, he's kind of not your typical heel. You know, he's the dominant force, so I can see him saying, we're... We're just going to cash it in and take it back. Right. So. Also, we now have a new championship in the WWE. <laughs> oh. WWE 24-7 title. Oof. What do you think? I mean... Besides I'm try- how ugly it is. Right. So I'm trying not to pile on, because uh, they took a beating for this segment and for the look of the title. Uh, I saw a, a meme of um, Alundra Blaze throwing it in the trash, which I thought was kind of funny. Um... I actually like the idea of the title, and I, I like the idea that all these guys um, are in a title scene all of a sudden. One thing I didn't like was it was, if you're going to have a new title and, and it's going to carry any weight, that first scramble they had for it, like, everybody should have been going for it. It shouldn't have just been, like, the midpoint of the card down. Right. Like, if they had, like, Cena run out or whoever... Lashley, McIntyre. Right. It just would have given more credence to it. The fact that it was, like, it basically is the undercard title is what they're calling it right now. Right. Uh, Not calling it, but that's how they branded it with that segment. So I love the idea. Um, I think it's great. I love R-Truth calling it the European title. That's such a... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, know, they gave a tip of the cap to Titus O'Neil because they love him. He was the first holder of it and stuff. So I, I I like that side of it. 
Execution, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I would have done it different. 66% of all the t- title holders have been African-American, so... Wow. Take that. Right. That'll um, change in a hurry, I'm sure. It sure will. <laughs> also, tonight, mm. all in, double or nothing. Nine matches on the card, including the um, pre-show or whatever. they got some clever name for it, but... We've got the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus Angelico and, Dr- and Jack Evans. I know three out of the four of these uh, competitors. It's going to be a damn good match. Um, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta are hilarious. Chuck Taylor is the grenade guy. Oh, I've shown you the yes. grenade. Um, yeah, good stuff. We've also got Aja Kong, Yuka Saka. Sakazaka. S A K A Z A K I. Huh. Reminds me of the Ninja Turtle Yes. Emi Sakura versus Hiraku Shida, Ryo Abe, and Ryo Muzunami, a six-woman tag team match. Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, Penta El Zero M and Phoenix. The 21-man Casino Battle Royale with the winner... Facing uh, the winner of the main event tonight to determine the first ever AEW World Champion. Um, Battle Royal contestants include Sonny Kiss, Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier, Sonny Jays, Maxwell, <laughs> Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Havoc, Michael Nakazawa, Jungle Boy, who is the son of Luke Perry. Okay. Um, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Luchasaurus, which is a great name <laughs> for a wrestler. Um, Dragon Dragon? Yeah, I, I like <laughs> the, yeah, Luch, the Lucha Dinosaur, I guess. Yeah. He was Judas Devlin in NXT for a little while, and he was also on Big Brother and came in fifth. Um, he was he was part of the whole Bill DeMott scandal in NXT. Oh. Um, Sean Spears, which is, of course, the artist formerly known as 101010 oh, Ty Dillinger. Uh, three competitors to be announced. And the reason for buying the show, Brian Pillman yes. Jr. Also, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. So, let me let me just jump in there. Yeah. Just, um, I gotta say, not that I know the independent scene that well, but none of those names jump out as a title contender against an Omega or a Jericho. Unless um, I'm, I'm just, you know, no selling somebody, but these are these are a lot of guys that are up and coming, and yeah. then Glacier and Billy Gunn, right? Um, so then there's got to be the, the the thing is one of those three is going to be one of those three um, surprise entrants. I would put my money on to win. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, they're um they're pushing him yeah. pretty strong. Um, he's got a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, I'm partial to. I'm partial to Pillman, of right. course. Right, that would be great. But I, you know, in terms of um, making the headlines tonight and tomorrow, uh, you I, need a John Moxley yeah. or a Wade Barrett, yeah, or a CM Punk. Those are three great names. So it could be one of those three. Ambrose slash Moxley. Yep. Just that just seems so obvious. It really does. But hey, sometimes you need the obvious. Right. A three-way women's match, Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose, and Dr. Britt Baker. Um, they're all great in their own ways. Um, 
Brittany Baker um, goes by the name Dr. Britt Baker. I believe she actually has a doctorate. Wow. I'm not 100% sure. That's pretty cool. Um, so, she so studied behavioral medicine. So Wow. And she's a practicing dentist. So, yes, okay, so she, she is. is a doctor. So, <laughs> unlike Dr. Tom Pritchard. Hey. He's a, he's a doctor <laughs> of professional wrestling and love. Right, right. Um, so, Nyla Rose, fun fact about Nyla Rose, Nyla is part Native American and became the first transgender woman to sign with an, with an American professional wrestling program. Interesting. So, here's to Nyla. Good on All you. Right. And then, of course, um, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Yep. And in a six-man tag team match, Seema T-Hawk and L. Lindemann versus the SoCal Uncensored, which is Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. So okay. this should be a good showing for them before they go off to TNT in October. Yeah. This is a put up or shut up show. The Hangman Page Pac match getting canceled was uh Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow. Is Pac um Neville. Neville. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure who Hangman Page is, but Hangman Page is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's he was in the bullet club, he walks to the ring with a noose around his neck. Wow. He uh he's Which, real good. Nice. Never a good sign to have like the these like cancellations late and stuff you figure for the first show they could all agree on something yeah uh, so it's a bit strange to me but hopefully they iron it out I think it's competition is a good thing um, to use a capitalist phrase <laughs> but uh, it'll it'll make WWE better too I hope so um, I'm, I'm I'm anxious to see if Pete's still gonna be all in after tonight's show <laughs> Um, he probably will, won't even watch it, and then he'll just read like the tweets that he wants. And to say read. why it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Pete does. We love him, but that's what he does. Oh yeah, Pete couldn't be with us today, so let me just say one of his other nicknames. Uh, Ake. So you know, last week I debuted Mister Three Hundred Five Live. Mm-hmm. This week I'm calling him Mister Boo Anything New. <laughs> I like that. Boo, Boo anything, anything new. new. Yeah. Um, yeah. He. Um, He's like a true WWE fan now, or a true wrestling fan, where, like, the first, um, you know, inclination is to... Not like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was kind of with him. We, we all, like, lost it on the 24-7 title, but, yeah, his... I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Ugly belt, but it's a great idea. Right, right. His, but his general demeanor lately... And he still I, hasn't seen one Firefly Funhouse. Right. But he is... He is uh, taking my advice and taking a break. You know, take a lap, they say. So he is uh, not watching currently. You can't, but you can't not watch and still criticize it. <laughs> like, oh, I heard what they did, that sucks. Right, right. Like, I mean, oh, I heard Bran became the knight, the, the king. Oh, that's stupid. Ha! I just spoiled Game of Thrones. <laughs> Too bad. Watch wrestling instead. Right. All right. Um, Love you, Pete. We do. And John, who's down in... He's in Punta Cana Punta for a Cana. wedding. Little, I was going to say little a, bastard. He's Lots. a tropical uh, traveler lately. He has been really making the rounds. He really has, but I heard it rain, so that sucks. Yeah. Oh, well. All right, moving on. It's time for the 10-count trivia showdown. Oh, boy. Let's see if you can make it two weeks in a row. <laughs> this is the European Championship oh, Edition. Oh, God. <laughs> Question one. How many European champions are in the WWE Hall of Fame? Seven. 
Eight. Ah, uh, damn it. HBK, Triple H, X-Pac, DDP, Mark Henry, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I wasn't going to sit here and go through all the lists, but so I just took an educated guess based on those some of those names that I knew. Who was the first European champion? The British Bulldog. That was a that was a uh, a meatball. Yeah, it was based especially on the research, and especially what we're going to be talking about I, today. I wouldn't have got that before researching this one, by the way. Who was the last European champion? Ooh. Um. Edge. Rob. Oh, Van it's Day. funny. I almost said RVD, but then I was like, did he even hold it? So there's some debate. Because he beat Jeff Hardy in a match to unify it with the IC title. Yeah. So, depending on which Good record say. book you look at, yeah. I would have taken either answer. Okay. Who are the two wrestlers tied for the most European Championship reigns with four each? Hmm. Triple H? Nope. Uh, Jericho? William Regal and D'Lo Brown. Wow. Who had the longest individual title reign? Hmm. Goldust? The very first European uh, title reign was the longest. British Bulldog at 260, uh, 206 days. Here's a fun uh, one. So what do I do? What if I lose to myself here? Yeah. <laughs> Every... Everyone who listens will be have more knowledge on the European title. Yeah, it's very true. Of the 37 recognized reigns, mm-hmm. how many actually have started in Europe? Oh, boy. Probably not that many. I'll give yeah. you a hint. It's more than one, and it's less than ten. Yeah. Uh, six. Three. Oh, okay. Including the first one. Interesting. Final question. True or false? Bruno Sammartino's reign as WWE champion was longer than the entire lineage of the WWF European Championship. True. That is true. <laughs> European title lasted from 1997 to 2002. Yep. Bruno San Martino was WWF champion for eight years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, you know what? I, I, I almost wish I'd bring it back because, um, you know, I think that there's... There's so much opportunity in Europe. I love that they're going you know, international and all. Well, they get the spots. NXT UK title. Yeah, that's true. But that doesn't get as much press as right. I hope. Right. There's no that fat ass Walter is the champion. Oh, <laughs> Walter. All right. Moving on. It's time for Owen Hart fun facts, nice. or as we like to call it on the show, who effing cares? <laughs> Kevin Owens named his son Owen mm-hmm. in honor of Owen Hart, and his last name ring name is in honor of Owen Hart, Kevin Owens. Owen I Hart. like that. Owen Hart was scheduled to win the Intercontinental title at Over the Edge. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett won the belt two weeks later with a win over the Godfather, using the sharpshooter to win. Nice. And then he would ju- stand up on the second rope and yell, Owen. Nice. Owen Hart won a WWF Championship Lumberjack match at a house show thanks to interference from the anvil. A second referee would come down and reverse the decision. Wow, I did not know that yes. one. That's too bad. It is. Um, someday we'll do the greatest to never be the champion. Yeah. We'll, I'll get to talk about Owen some more. Right. WWF Attitude was the last WWF video game to feature Owen Hart and even um, opened with a tribute screen to him. 
The game was delayed so that the developers could remove all Blue Blazer references. Oh, interesting. His fourth attire was going to be the Blue Blazer. Gotcha. So they had to pull all that out. Yeah. For Understandably. Owen was the youngest of 12 children. Okay. And Owen won the European title from Triple H by defeating Goldust, who was dressed as Triple H. Commissioner Slaughter said, Yep. You won. You're the champion. Right. Right. I like it. So now it is time for our top ten Owen Hart yeah. things. Moments, moments memories, memories, matches, matches all that fun stuff. The three M's. Moments, memories, and right. matches. And before that, I just want to say, um, we, we have you on the Facebook page. And if you're new to 10 Count Wrestling, welcome. We, we live off your feedback. So, um, you know, please comment on the page. Congratulations to Dennis Parent for winning the Kurt Angle um, the Mattel retro figure. We'll do another giveaway at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do one a month. You yeah. know, we record twice a month. Maybe we'll do another giveaway later this yeah, month. Yeah, why not? Especially with... I love the Mattel retro figures. They're, and they, they're a hit because they usually include one or two old school yeah. guys in them. So. I think there's a... There's a uh, 87 Macho Man coming out soon. So oh, we boy. We'll do that. Uh-huh. I have to buy that for myself instead. Um, my number 10... Yes. Uh, Owen Hart memory. Let's, we're not going to do blow-up mode this week. We'll just have discussions about Owen. So. Yeah, we're, who knows what the, what the order is going to be. Um, and, um, you know, some of these are matches for me. Some of them are just um, feuds. Yep. Yeah. So my number 10 is his tag team partnership with Jeff Jarrett. Ah. And really because of what we learned later on, too, but... I thought that they were a great match. They're two great heels. They're they're kind of similar in a way. Uh, they won the they won the tag titles, of course. Um, I think the team looks even better in hindsight. Is what I would is how I would put it. Oh, for sure. Um, with Deborah by their side too, um, and what it's meant to Jarrett in the long run. I actually saw a clip of him getting ready for the Hall of Fame. This was last year, right? Yep. So. 19 years after Owen was gone and he he brought up Owen and he kind of like upset himself without even realizing it he got real choked up so um you know we'll talk about you know some of the speeches later from from the Monday Night Raw um and I'll I'll go through his speech but you know it, it clearly means a lot to Jeff and I'm glad that they they held the titles yeah I agree 100% um, I, I really enjoyed that team. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that what happened, you know, right. well, we could have gotten more out of them as a team. Right. As, as a yeah, team. it was relatively a short um, partnership, so which is a shame. But you know, with Deborah too as the sidekick, um, it was just it was just a perfect pairing. One of the few things Owen said no to, they wanted to do. Uh, mm gimmick where Owen and Deborah like a love triangle and Owen's like I've got two young kids right. and a wife and I don't I'm not comfortable with that and yeah which was like okay good for him because he did pretty much every other thing good or bad that they asked him to do <laughs> so he really they, did and made it work for the most part oh so while he's in Punta, Punta Cana by the way John found the time to go onto Facebook and demand a recount on the giveaway oh draw. good yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll recount it right now there for you, buddy. 
Here we, we go. One, Dennis Parent wins. Yeah, right. It's been recounted. We had an impartial third party. Her name is Diane. Pick a random number. And um, after we assigned numbers to all of you that uh, shared the comment, or shared the picture. And that's how it happened. So, sorry, Trembly. So, Trembly, if you've got a... You've got a problem with it, and you've got the balls. Come yell at my mother for it. <laughs> yeah, he'll, ne- he'll never do it. My number ten is the Raw is Owen special. Wow. Um, yeah. You, it's it's my the, number three, by the way. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the hardest yeah things to ever watch. Obviously, yeah. you know, just there's such great hysterical mm-hmm. stories. I think I've maybe watched the episode full from you know mm-hmm. top to bottom three times. Yeah, I, I maybe remember two matches. Yeah, like it's just one of those things that like you block out. Mm-hmm. You know, Road Dog Godfather. They didn't even wrestle, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll notice if you actually look up the. The results from that night. I think the longest match is like four minutes. Right. It was just like, um, and they, they had ten matches. So really, ten, ten matches like between like a minute to four minutes long. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get up to three for you. Um, okay. But I'll what yeah. I'll say now, and then I'll save. I have a bunch of notes on it, but um, I would say that it made me realize like. We, I think we might have been taken on for granted, at least I was, to to see everybody in such pain. Yeah. And, and how the words they used to, to describe their relationship with them and how, uh, like, the whole roster was basically in tears on the ramp um, and the speeches, which I'll talk about later. Do you know the only two wrestlers that weren't on the stage? Undertaker and Kane. Yes. Yep. Because even, even when somebody dies, <laughs> we got to keep kayfabe, right. brother. Kayfabe. And, um, so, but I think that um, I remember watching it live, and, and even the people that you wouldn't think um, had even any relationship with them were coming on, talking in, in glowing terms about them. Right. Triple H, yeah. China, X-Pac. Bradshaw. Bradshaw. I mean, even, even, even Draws, who was only around, for, you know, a year and a half yeah, at that exactly. point, maybe? Yeah, Was, you know, wanted his turn to, to give his thoughts, which I thought, you know, it, it just, the whole thing um, made you realize how special Owen must have been behind the scenes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Number nine. My number nine is his tag team, which eventually blew up into a feud with Davy Boy Smith. As part of Camp Cornet. So my number nine is the Hart family reunited. So we're kind wow. of on the same wavelength. Nice. There. So I actually have a separate one for that later okay. too. Um, so, but I thought that the family angle made it a natural fit. They were kind of a complimentary Davy Boy, you know, being the the power and, and Owen the flyer and all that type of stuff. Um, they'd be the smoking guns for the titles. Um, but then it all came to a head as we talked about with the European Championship. And their sort of feud, uh, Davy Boy wins, and then, you know, they kind of try to reunite, and then they end up feuding again, which turns into 
the Heart uh, Foundation. Foundation reuniting, which which actually that's actually my number two. Jesus. <laughs> so I'll save some comments on that for later, but feel free to to yeah, I mean, too. You know, I just thought you know it. My main point to it, besides the fact that Owen is an ugly crier, um, <laughs> you know, it's they were feuding basically from late '93 until '97. Like Brett and Owen was always an underlying story for four years, and then in the heartbeat, no pun intended, it was over. Um, the biggest thing, to, in my opinion, it gave life to the new new life to the careers of all men involved. You know, the anvil wasn't going anywhere. Um, and yep. you know it gave Pillman a, a real good purpose, right? Where you know you've got a group of four pretty good to de- you know great talkers, and then you just bring in this four- this fifth guy and just yep. blows them all out of the water, right? Um, you know it comes to a head. It's something that I'm going to talk about later, but okay. like that moment when they were tag team champions fighting for the European title, mm-hmm. and then Brett came out and was like, you know, yeah. the fans in America's Put us pitted us against each other, right? And we need to reunite and fight back. I thought it was really good, really it cool. It was a great, great angle. Um, and then you know, <laughs> Brett talking about going to the school to to talk to one of Owen's teachers. You know, who knows if that was real or not? But um, you know, and and him, the, the three of them embracing in the ring and kicking off that whole thing was was just phenomenal. Absolutely. Cool. Um, my number eight. I don't have a date on this because I couldn't find it, but it's something that came up on Chris Jericho's podcast, and this is the um, house show match versus Mick Foley in San Jose. Ah, I've heard about <laughs> this many a times. Which I think that there's a couple different conflicting stories about it, but basically, um, so Foley and um, Owen were were touring the country doing house shows. Uh, Austin was hurt at the time, but he was in Foley's corner because they wanted to get, you know, decent um, gates at the house show, so they wanted to be able to advertise Stone Cold. So, what the version I heard, well, I listened to two different versions. The Meltzer-Jericho version, where... Which had a slant, and Meltzer gave it 11 stars. Right. So, but basically, what he says... Um, is that they caught wind that Meltzer was going to be at the show, so they decided that they were going to try to go out and have the worst match possible. (laughs) Which, if you had a ticket to the house show, I guess you'd not be thrilled about that. Um, They said they wanted to have a negative star match just to troll him. And so what they did was they grabbed um, giant bags of popcorn from the concession stand, were beating each other with the popcorn and, like, overselling that. And, you know, Meltzer claimed he didn't realize this at the time, and maybe it's not all for him. It sounds like they did this on other occasions. But, you know, I put this on here as a sort of dedication to his ribs, and I can't... I wish this was on tape. I'd love to see them beating each other with giant bushels of popcorn. Um, But Owen was infamous for his ribs, which were, by most accounts, good-natured, you know? Oh, yeah. All, all types. Calling people and pretending to be someone else, being like, kick your ass. Yeah, ribbing his own dad, that story when he called uh, Stu Hart and pretended to be an old, another promoter. Reg Parks, the belt designer. <laughs> oh, the belt designer. 
And he's like, I'm going to kick your ass and blah, blah, blah. You should let it try me. Why didn't you try me? <laughs> Brett tells that story in his Hall of Fame induction. Mm. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, I don't know. And I just love Foley, too. So, I wish uh, uh, we could see this somehow. I love that um, they they were trolling the star rating. Stone Cold, by the way, says that they would do a lot of this stuff in a lot of house shows to try to get him to laugh. And I I think it's great because what the way Stone Cold describes it is he he's bald, right? Right. So he can't like hide behind his hair or like put his head down. Like he's like you could see the wrinkles on the back of my head when I was laughing at my my you know because um, he's actually corpsed, which is a wrestling term for you know showing your true face, showing a non poker face. Um, so, but he says they would do this a lot. And, like, they would get, like, the lids out from the, um... Soda cups. fountain drinks, yeah, and, like, dump the lids in there and all, you know, they'd be flipping out, overselling it and stuff like that. Which, you can, you can have that leeway in a house show, and I think it's great that they did it. I would have laughed if I went, you know, it's not going to be a five-star match, but I just think it's hysterical. To quote Bruce Pritchard, they did it in the Tokyo Dome, it would have gotten 11 stars. <laughs> Melter. Melter. <sighs> My number eight is a match that Owen didn't even wrestle in. Mm. The Survivor Series throw-in-the-towel match from 1994. <laughs> um, Bret Hart versus Bob Backlund, you know, playing off the history of Arnold Scullin throwing in the towel mm-hmm. when Backlund lost the title to Sheiky Baby. Um, it's just, oh, it such, it's just an amazing. <laughs> if you want to see like how good somebody can be outside of the ring mm-hmm. and like how good you can work. Like, why is Bobby Heenan so good? Watch watch Owen in this match. Yeah. You know, um, Brett's got um, Bob Backlund in the sharpshooter, and him and he him and Davey are chasing, you know, Davey's chasing Owen. Owen jumps in the ring, clotheslines Brett, because the ref got knocked down. Mm-hmm. Bulldog's chasing, chasing, chasing. Owen, like, jumps over the stairs, and Bulldog takes a header into him. Now Bulldog's knocked out. And Bob Backlund slaps the chicken wing on Brett. And I remember as a kid feeling like it was, like, for 25 minutes. Right. In reality, it was probably, like, six or seven. Yeah. But Owen's in the front row crying, trying to um, convince Helen and Stu mm-hmm. to throw in the towel. And Stu, you know, Stu always looked like he was confused and had a load in his pants at the same time. <laughs> and so Helen and Stu, like, cross over the barrier... Helen throws in the towel, and Brett, you know, and Owen just jumps in the ring, takes the towel, and all of a sudden goes from crying to smiling and runs away in joy. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a classic, like, I can't beat you, so I'm going to get somebody else to do it for me. Right. Um, you know, and then this Backlund win led to Diesel winning the title, yeah. and they were off to the races. Right. That's awesome. Um, I'd have to go back and watch that. I haven't probably watched it since it aired live. And that is classic. Um, you know, I love that, you know, as they dance around this feud, that it involved Jerry Lawler and it involved um, Bulldog and, and Bulldog, yeah. Yoko. Yeah, but it was it was all centered around Owen, you know, pulling the string behind the scenes. and Unable to beat Brett. Right, right, exactly. Cool. Seven. My number seven. 
Um, Owen Hart joins the Nation of Domination, <laughs> which just that sentence alone, if if you remember to like how the Nation of Domination was formed and you know it had a certain mantra and it, the, everyone was. African American, or at least part African American. Well, that was Besides, the second nation. Yeah, that's true. The first nation was Sabio, Crush, and Farouk. That's right. That's right. The second one, I guess, all they had was the uh, the two little rappers who they eventually destroyed. Remember those guys? Oh yeah, they were part of the first nation too. Yeah. The second one started as just Farouk and Dilo, mm-hmm. and he fired everybody else. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Then Mark Henry joined, and Ahmed Johnson joined, and Ahmed Johnson got fired. And right. Kama Mustafa joined and became the Godfather. Right. Exactly. So in between all this, like, this is the ultimate in. Just, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Go, and somebody named Dwayne joined. Yes. The internet will yell at me if I don't mention Dwayne was in the nation. <laughs> right. And then somehow Owen gets involved, and like, you know, this was sort of after, or like in the middle of his black heart. Uh, phase right. and he I, as I understand it he, he sort of co-ran it with The Rock and then they feud with DX over it so it actually was a was a way for him to get uh, back in the the top of the yeah. the card so it was it was it was big it, it's why I think you know it's his it's his big running with The Rock or working with The Rock um, and just the fact that you can what what an idea like who pitched that like okay we'll have Owen join the nation of domination <laughs> like it has no bearing on anything and it still was great absolutely that was, no, that was, I didn't even think of that that was really good because like that led to the impersonation and Jason Sensation coming in mm-hmm. and calling him a nugget mm-hmm. Man, that was some damn good stuff yeah I am not a nugget um, I'm a blackguard damn it <laughs> a winner a soul survivor right. right as you talked about before like he was called a literal piece of shit and still made it work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, he made shit out of nothing. Right, um, he did. My number seven is four simple words. I've got two slammies. Yes. It's my, my number six. So the Slammy Award winning Owen Hart is one of my absolute favorite things of all time. <laughs> um, in the first iteration of this, this show, and it was a solo show, and I did the top ten props... This made the top five. Like again, just the brilliance of Owen. So he won the he won a Slammy, and then he came up to announce the Slammy for best bow tie. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I've got two Slammies now, British Bulldog. You may have two championship belts, but I've got two Slammies." <laughs> Woo! Right. And he carried them around for years. Right. He put them in his luggage and carried them around with him. At all times. <laughs> uh, oh like how ridiculous. If you Google a picture of Owen Hart, one of the first yeah. five pictures will probably be mm-hmm. of him holding the two slammies. Yeah. Owen Hart, let's click on images. One, yeah. two, three. The, f- the first image is Owen holding a slammy. That's awesome. The next two images are people working on him yeah. after the fall. Yeah. And then the fourth image... Is him holding two slammies. <laughs> right. Two out of the first four images is Owen holding slammies. That's awesome. And I, so his first one um, was for Biggest Rat, is what I saw in my research from 1994. Then there's like, it almost... He had three slammies. Yeah, I was going to say, think. he's credited with three because what happened was Shawn Michaels won 
biggest shocker, and for I guess he collapsed at one point. I don't know. If it was probably kayfabe, I would imagine. But Owen went up and stole that one because he said he was the reason that HBK collapsed. And then he stole the best bow tie one, which was just he went out to present it and just took the, the slammy, as you mentioned. Um, so you say you think this is how it happened, and here's that sad part of the show where I'm able to tell you exactly what happened. <laughs> so after Michaels got beat up by the like the six Marines in Syracuse, New York, oh yeah, they needed a way to write him off the show, and so they did a um, they did the the angle with the Insiguri kick, mm-hmm. and Owen kicked him in the back of the head, mm-hmm. and Michaels. Got stumbled that. and fell to the ground. So that's that's how they pulled that one off. I getcha. Okay. Interesting. Sadly, I was just like, oh, I know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I do. Interesting. Okay. Um, it was my number six, so... Look at this line right up. Yeah, squared, uh, squared Circle Shocker. Shawn Michaels collapsing won the Slammy. Goldust premiere. Barry Horowitz gets his first victory. <laughs> One, two, three, kids sells out, and Bob Backlund declares his candidacy for the presidency of the United States for the nominees. Bob Backlund run for president. And then Best Bowtie, Clarence Mason, Bob Backlund, Steve Urkel, and Yoko Zuna were nominated. <laughs> Steve Urkel. And Owen stole the award and won it. That's awesome. Did Yoko ever wear a bow tie? No. Oh, it was on, his, it was on the back of his Oh, yeah, pants. there you go. That makes sense. That's hilarious. Who came up with these friggin' categories? That's Vince, Bruce Pritchard. Right. I really wish I please make a network special of the of the Slammies and have everybody like in, in ties and Like see. that Rick Rude thing I showed oh you. Oh my god. I would watch that a hundred times out of a hundred. It's so funny. Those clips are great. Um So we just covered your six inadvertently. Um so my number six. Mm. The greatest Seven, uh, six words Owen Hart has ever said in his life. Kicked yeah. your leg out of your leg. Yeah. That's actually seven words, my bad. <laughs> Royal Rumble 1994. Right. Um, you know, I tie into, I tie this in with Survivor Series 93, where it was the Hart family against Shawn Michaels and the Knights. Right. I was there in the Boston Garden for that one. And then we, you know, had this, Brett refused to wrestle Owen. They got back together. They had the tag team match against the Quebecers. Yeah. Um, they're not the Mounties. They're handsome, they're brave, they're strong, but they're not the Mounties. <laughs> but they enforce the law. Um, and they were playing up a Brett injury angle all night with his knee. And the referee stopped the match. Brett had plenty of opportunities to tag Owen in. Right. But he was too damn selfish. <laughs> and after the match, you know, Brett's standing up and Owen's yelling at him. You kind of tag me. Why didn't you tag me? Why didn't you just tag me? And he kicks Brett in the leg. And as the EMTs are working on Brett, they go to Todd Pettengale with an interview segment, and no one talks about how he was too damn selfish. Yep. And that's why you're laying there with a busted leg. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. Yeah. Which is Andrew Brigley's favorite moment of all time. <laughs> and it's one of the best bloopers in WWE history. It is great. I love that, um, that he... You know that Brett was sort of being helped backstage, so he was watching the Titantron with right. everybody else. I thought that was well done, and it's just Owen like spitting, screaming mad, and losing his losing his shit. So, um, an awesome moment. It's going to tie into um, 
my number one. Oh, nice. So, um, but I, I can go, I can wax poetic about my number one for a while. So. It is now Hardcore Halftime. Yes. yes. So, I was throwing a few ideas around, and then the more I thought about it in the heart and while listening to talk is Jericho, mm-hmm. how they were saying, you know, he was only 34 when he died. Yeah. So, even if he took a couple of years off, he'd be 54 right now. He'd be retired, mm-hmm. but he would have been wrestling, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And with Money in the Bank just having happened, I was thinking to myself, how great would Owen Hart have been as Mr. Money in the Bank while Brett was the mm-hmm. WWF champion? Oh, man. So, my challenge to you today for Hardcore Halftime is the top three old school guys mm-hmm. that would have made great Mr.'s Money in the Bank. Oh, wow. Um, Owen excluded, of course. Owen excluded, yes. Um, I think a natural fit would be Ted DiBiase. That's, I was thinking that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of others that sort of have that, like, dis, you know... Deceitful. Deceitful, but yet bragging type. Right. Uh, and oh, I feel like uh, I feel like it's that's above Mister Perfect. Yeah, he would have been a per. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. He would have been a perfect Money in the Bank, except for that's not really how he operated. Yeah, he just was like that. That great at, at beating people. Um, who's like the wormy type? I feel like Rick Rude would have been great. Rick Rude would have been That's money in the bank. Fantastic. Maybe even Piper in the eighties, like mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think of even up to like a few years before they had it. Who would have been great right. as Mr. Money in the Bank? Like I, I think the model would have been great, Rick Martell. Um not that they were, were gonna give him the title, but he was at the cusp of that, I think. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then Money in the Bank launched, what, in the mid-2000s? 2005. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I feel like Goldust would have been great. Goldust would have been good. In 96. Razor. Yeah. You know, Razor's cashing in, come out, hit somebody with the Razor's Edge. Razor. But I think, I think, I think, you know, again, excluding Owen, because this is something that's perfect for a guy like Owen. Right. I think Ted DiBiase might be yeah. the best one, like because he obviously would have paid somebody right. to get disqualified in their in their match against Hulk or the Warrior, mm-hmm. and then he would have come down and you know yeah. cashed in. Yeah, and I like the Rick Rude one, so I would put him in my top three. So DiBiase, Rude, and I might have to go '80s and say Piper. Piper would my, be to good. round up my top three. Piper would be good. I'll pick a different one just for the sake of being different. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'll say Jake the Snake actually. Ooh. Uh, I know we didn't talk about him, but you know, he's got like that sneak attack thing going for him. Right. Um, he could keep the snake in the briefcase. Yeah. Yeah, he can carry two things to the ring. So, <laughs> I like keep, that one. Could keep con- the contract and some blow in his briefcase. <laughs> oh, man. We love we love it, Jake. We certainly do. All We're right. Even better. Number my number five. <sighs> this is where my bias creeps in. Maybe probably overrated uh, in my you know according to most. But his match from WrestleMania five versus Mister Perfect 
uh, the original Blue Blazer. So, um, and what is only what we talked about it before, so I won't go into too much detail. But it's only like a six minute match or something like it's that. It's not a long one, but and, but it's it's awesome. And it was when Perfect was really pretty fresh. But Owen um, dressed as the Blue Blazer, of course, and um, gave him a pretty good scare and, and went toe-to-toe with him. And I remember, like, he came into the ring and did, like, a, a backflip off the top rope, in, like, which I had never seen. Yeah, me neither. And um, they, there was talk of... Um, Gorilla was saying to Jesse, you know, I heard you're making headway on finding out who this Blue Blazer is type thing. And then Jesse's like, well, yeah. You know, I'm not quite, but I'm getting there, and da-da-da. So there was that whole mystique about it. Um, and like I said before, when we talked about this match, um, I'm just really glad we have it in hindsight, you know? Yeah. Owen was only around for a brief time at that point. He ended up leaving WWF, going back to Japan, going back to Stampede, uh, came back in, I think, 91 or 92. Um, so... Um, I'm really glad that those two linked up when they could, and I think it's a it's a it's a fun match. I agree 100. percent It's it's a great point. Um, yeah, the match is only five minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah, but they did stuff I had never seen, like the whole, um, you know, they they lock up the shoulder locks, and then um, Owen does like he puts his head on top of Perfect, and then they, they block the, the hip toss, and yeah, then flips over him, yeah, yeah, you know. It's a great spot. Yeah, we never saw anything like that. Yeah, and it was, it was great. If you haven't seen it, um, it's worth it. Of course, it ends with the perfect flex because Mr. Perfect was so brand new at the time, and they were, he was obviously getting a good push. Um, but but Owen holds his own. It certainly does. My number five is a great match with the worst pinfall finish in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> I'm talking, of course, of... About SummerSlam 1997 and the sit-out Tombstone pile driver. Oh, yeah. In the history of seeing pile drivers, <laughs> of which we've both seen many. Yep. With the exception of Scott Steiner doing that, the Steiner screwdriver. Yep. How many, you know, belly-to-belly, front-facing sit-out pile drivers have you seen? I. Very few. Yeah. Right? I'd have to really think about it. So, for those of you who can't visualize it, Owen and Austin were wrestling at SummerSlam, and, you know, he tilt the world Austin up into a tombstone position, which, if you don't know, tombstone is, you know, the Undertaker's finisher, where the guy's head is by your knees, and you're holding him chest to chest, you know, around the waist, so his legs are over your head. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what a tombstone pile driver is, Shut it off. You have lost your way. Yeah. <laughs> I know we don't have a lot of listeners, but if you don't know what a tombstone pile driver is, we don't want you. Um, but you drop down to your knees. So you like, you drop the, you, yeah. what, it makes it look like you're dropping the guy on his head. Well, what Owen didn't, what Owen did, for those of you who have never seen this match, sat down. Yeah. And when you sit down, the thing that makes the tombstone look so dangerous is the guy's like head is just dangling, and when you drop him down, it looks like you're driving his head to the mat. Right. Whereas what you're actually doing is dropping to your knees and keeping the guy up a few inches above your knees, so his head never actually hits the mat. Sure. When you drop to your ass, mm-hmm. there's only one place for the guy's head to go. 
right. straight down. And that's what happened. And Austin broke his neck. Right. Not funny. Right. Um, right. And then Owen had to delay and kind of just walk around the ring with his arms in the air. And then they did what, what uh, Jericho and Meltzer talked about yesterday, which is not easy to do. Owen then got real close enough to Austin so Austin could kind of trip Owen with his hands. Mm-hmm. Owen fell to the ground and kind of grabbed Austin's arm and like picked him, like pulled him on top of him to do like a roll up. Right. Terrible looking pin, but right. Owen like pulled it off and just like yeah. the and because like they needed to get the belt on Austin so that he could start his push, Austin needed to win that match. Right. Um, you know, it then led to Owen having his own Owen 316 t-shirts yes. that just that said, I, bro- I just broke your neck on the back. <laughs> you can still get them on eBay. I want to buy one badly. Yeah. Um, you know, in hindsight, they t- I mean, Austin forfeited the belt right away. Do you know who won the belt after Austin forfeited it? Owen! Oh, wow. And then Austin returned and beat Owen. Wow. So, you know what they didn't need to do? Have Owen lose. Right, right. Just have Austin come back. Don't let Owen win. Stop the match. He's too hard to continue. Right. And then Owen can be like, I put Austin out. I'm the champ. He couldn't beat me. I broke his neck. And then when Austin's healthy, he comes back and squashes Owen. Right. But it was... That being said, it was a very good match. That That was the event where it was... You know, everyone in the Hart Foundation versus people in the WWF, yeah. or the American wrestlers, I should say. They were all WWF. And each match had a stipulation. Like, it was Goldust versus Mar- versus Pillman. And if Goldust won, Pillman would have to wear a dress for 30 days. <laughs> um, it was Bulldog versus, I think, Ken Shamrock. And if Shamrock won, Bulldog would have to eat a can of dog food. Oh. And if Anvil lost his match, he'd have to shave his goatee. Like, every match, which... Huh. Imagine the Envil without his goatee. Yeah, right. Like every match on that card had a, a stipulation That's if the Hart Foundation members lost. That was Undertaker versus Brett um, yep. for the WWF Championship with Michaels as the referee. And if Michaels hit Brett unprovoked, he would have been fired. So, like, every match had huh. a, a gimmick. Um, That's a fun one. I have to go back and watch it. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good card. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, seven matches. The the only two that were not related, the three that were not related to that whole feud were Los Bariquas versus the DOA. That mm-hmm. was a shit match, of course. <laughs> but we also had LOD versus the Godwins. Okay. And a steel cage match featuring two little people you may have heard of, Mankind and Hunter Hearst Helms. Oh. It's that cage match. Yeah, we talked about that. Such a damn good SummerSlam. Yeah, it is a good SummerSlam. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's my number five. That's great. I like it. I like it. Um, my number four, number four is from 1994 when Owen wins the King of the Ring. That's my number four! How about it? How about oh, it? Yeah. To quote Pete Rose. How about it? <laughs> I sent uh, tickets to Bill Buckner. He couldn't pick them up. How about it? <laughs> Pete Rose is the greatest heel of all time. Oh, my. I was so mad at him when he came out and started trolling the Red Sox. Because at that point, they hadn't won. Yeah, they hadn't won yet. Yeah. It was still another was six so, years. so glad when Kane tombstoned him. By the way, I'm, I'm going back. But, like, it's so bizarre that Owen 
would execute a move so poorly and like not know how to do regular pile driver. It's very strange circumstance. Yeah. And I don't know. It, and to credit Austin, he never really held that against him. He uh, depending on who you talk to, Owen never apologized to him, no. and, and Austin held a grudge for a long time. Oh, I I believe it then. Depend again. It depends on who you talk to. You know, Austin might have, you know, considering now what right. unfolded, Austin might have been like, "Yeah, goddamn, he never said I'm sorry, but uh, it happens. Yeah. I'm over it." Right. Debuting the Austin impression on the podcast today. <laughs> it's got a little bit of Nicolas Cage in there, I think. Well, you know, <laughs> at the end of so, the day, they all sound like this. Right. So. Well, the reason I said uh, I, I figured that it was water under the bridge is is the ending of the Roz Owen uh, episode where Austin came out and you know and clinked the beers and you know left one in the ring for Owen, which was a great moment. So. Again, funny you mentioned that because in the, I think it was, it was, I think it was the Jericho podcast. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that he didn't say anything though. Yeah. And so Meltzer thought he still was upset with Owen over that. Right. Uh, yeah, I'd be tough to be upset with with somebody who was that um, who's freshly deceased. Yeah. You know. So I he just dropped me on my head last year. Right. I'm still mad. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that was just like his his way of doing it. Yeah, because that, that's a very good point. It's also not stone coldish to be like, oh, I'm going to miss you. Right. Now, that, now that's Nick Cage. <laughs> God damn, son, I'm going to miss you. Yeah. What? I love you. What? That's, yeah, that's very... Same reason Undertaker and Kane didn't show up. It's right. out of their character. Right. No, Rock and Owen were in the nation together, so it wouldn't be outside of the norm for him to do what he did. So I'm sorry, but I yeah. interrupted. King of the no. Ring 94. Anyway, King of the Ring 1994, and um, this was actually brought up on the Jericho podcast as well. I guess uh, I have to go back and watch this because I don't remember the matches, but the one, two, three kid he beats in about four minutes, and they say it's just a fantastic It's a really good short yeah. match. I watched it nice. recently. He also beat uh, Tatanka, and he beat Razor Ramon in the finals uh, to win it. But, you know, what I love is the, the coronation and with, uh, he's got the biggest shit-eating grin on his face, and I think it's actually on YouTube, we, we should probably post this as a clip of the week, and Jim the Anvil is, like, um, as funny as I've seen Jim, he's, like, doing, like, the spirit fingers to grab the crown, and he's putting it on Owen's head and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I must be careful not to break the crown jewels. Right, right. So it, the whole thing was just great. As you mentioned, it was uh, in a previous episode, you know, to, something that Brett did, so he did it too. Um, that was on my notes of one of the reasons I love this so much. It was, right. you know, starting to mimic Brett, you know, step by step. Right, right. And just the, the image of him in the giant cloak and the, with the scepter, and the, it's, just, it's just hysterical. And he's, like, just proud as a peacock selling it. So, <laughs> I, I I absolutely he, oh, damn it! Damn it. <laughs> it so good. Um, yeah, this you know it started everything. You know, the, there to Anvil and Owen are now together because right. Anvil was with Brett. Right. Now Anvil and Owen are together. Every every little thing that they did, yeah, mattered for some reason. Right. And it made sense. Um, and then he became the King of Hearts. Yes, which. Talk yep. about a great 
Because that, that works on so many levels. Because right. now, you know, because this is 1994. So, like, it was pre-Me Too. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could, you could easily call the shit-eating grin bad guy the queen of hearts mm-hmm. as a way to insult him. Right. And, you know, <laughs> which, you, you know, again, I'm not going to be up here and be like, you know, get into the whole don't call somebody a girl to make them lesser because it's obviously mm-hmm. rep- reprehensible. But this was 1994 right. where... Mm-hmm. Throw like a girl was common vernacular. Right. right? Pre WNBA, you know, so not justifying, but I'm saying like, right. the way you could get over with cheap heat back in the day, oh, he's the king, call him the queen. Yeah. And he'll react the way you want him to react. And Owen had, you know, had all those awesome, terrible faces. Right. That you could do. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find the clip so I could put it up of the King of the Ring. Yeah. I can't find that, but I did find the video of Owen winning the title and then having it taken away from uh, him. So that will be the clip of the day, if not one. the week. Good one. Yeah. And that just reminded me of when uh, Tiny Tim graced the WWF and called Jerry Lawler. Uh, and he said, you're not the Burger King. You're the Dairy Queen. And the crowd went crazy and Jerry... Lost his... Lost it again. Shit. Have I told you about my brother and Tiny yeah, Tim? Yeah, said he's t- deathly afraid of him. My brother is so afraid of Tiny Tim. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I get it because he was creepy looking. Right. R.I.P., but... Like, he is deceased. I'm not happy to report that, but you don't have to worry about it. It may... But we will... If any of his friends sing it near my brother. <laughs> You've seen Mike do that with a... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's... Awesome. Tiptoe through the two. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I want to call him and just sing that to him later. Oh, my God. All right. Um, so, yeah, we shared number four. So, we alluded, alluded to it earlier, but you're number three. Yes. My number three is the Roz Owen show. And I'll just repeat myself in saying that it it really made me realize what um, what a presence Owen was and how much everybody loved him. And I guess I, I took down a bunch of notes of what some of the guys and girls said in their segments. You remember they had a lot of like backstage interviews that they were playing in and out of each segment. And um, you know we were fourteen at the time or whatever it was, fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. And I remember being upset watching this. I, I was like, oh, you know, it's just going to, it's just, um, I was like, oh, it's another wrestler that die, you know, it sucks, but big deal. Like, But then when I tuned in that night, I was like, this is different. Not only the circumstances, that's certainly part of it, but but how universally loved he was. Um, so just a few comments from um, the tribute show. Mick Foley saying that his son's favorite wrestler was Owen and he had really long his son had long hair he finally got his hair cut and he got it cut like Owen which was great Um, and they didn't realize his kids at the time were young and they would they loved the nugget chant they didn't realize that it it was bad so they just they they uh, they ate it up and Mick said he'd he'd be very happy if his son grew up to be like Owen which I thought I mean there's no higher compliment than that right yeah, of course. Um, Bradshaw, what my takeaway from that one, he said, um, Owen spent way less um, 
on the road than than most of the people, and it was because he wanted to be able to retire and go and spend time with his family. And he said, I hope, I know his kids are young, but I hope they realize uh, what a great father he was. Uh, Mark Henry reads a poem about losing somebody. She's looking down, like he can't even look at the camera, and he's so upset. And he talks about, it's a poem basically like the burn in your throat when you lose somebody you love. Um, he has a hard time getting through it. Um, Draws says he's the one person who could walk in and liven everybody up, and, and we usually did as, as a, at his own expense. Um, China said, um, for someone who was always trying to get a laugh, he's making a lot of people cry today. Um, but said he was a very honest and true guy, and um, Owen would show up, and I guess her hair was always a mess when she got to the arena, so Owen would intentionally screw up his <laughs> to troll her. Uh, Triple H goes on for a while, and he takes a long time to even get his first um, sentence out. And he says, you know, you're so close together in this business, and you see the worst of everything. You see the worst of everybody, uh, you know, like a family. But he said Owen was always at his best. He was always up. Never, never was that, you know, negative, like, this sucks type of uh, vibe. And um, I'm saying that Owen always talked about his family. Uh, Hebner sort of echoed everybody just saying that Owen was just special, made sure everybody had a good day. He said Hebner, He said Owen would try to tie his shoes together sometimes during matches. Um and then the last one I watched, because there's, there's probably 10 or 12 more that I didn't it's see. so hard to watch. Yeah, it is hard to watch. The Jeff Jarrett one is in particularly hard to watch. Um, his famous line is, in this business you have a lot of acquaintances, but very few friends. Um, then he really breaks down. Like, he can't... He's, like, uh, sobbing. And he's like, selfishly, I don't have my buddy. Um, he was a great friend. Um... And he's like, in this fantasy world of wrestling, Owen was real. Um, and he, he promises to teach Owen's kids that Owen was a great man. So um, if you feel like, uh, you know, getting emotional, these a lot of these are on YouTube. Um, is is Rod, is Owen on the, the network? It is. Wow. See, see the hairs on my arm? Yeah. You got me just by yeah. repeating. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It um, and it's like and it stays fresh too. Twenty years later, it's like I I hadn't watched it in a long time, and I was like, oh boy, this is this is tough, you know. I yeah, it's not like and you know none not I'm not trying to minimize any of them, but it's not like you know when pick one, yeah. You know the boss man. We found out oh the boss man died. You know four or five years after he was wrestling, mm-hmm. and you know. It may or may not have been drug-related. Right. Um, no, this was a guy who's in the prime of his career mm-hmm. who died during a national pay-per-view event. Right. Or, you know, it's... There's there's three that whenever this kind of stuff comes up, it's like, oof. Yeah. There's this one. There's Eddie. Yeah. And then there's yeah. him. Right. Um, the third of which being just, yeah. You know, but Eddie Eddie was on top of the world too. So like that tribute show, the Benoit one is a lot different yeah. and harder to watch for different reasons now. Yeah. And then if you go back and like you 
piece some of it together. It's like, hmm. Yeah. Like the Regal. Everyone talks about Regal's comments. Because mm-hmm. the Benoit tribute show is not on the network. They, yeah, uh, of rightfully yeah, so. Right, right. But if you YouTube Regal talking about it, mm-hmm. you know Regal's like, something about this story doesn't add up. It's very intriguing. Really interesting. Yeah. But the Eddie... I remember being in college and watching the Eddie one with mm-hmm. my sweet mates and like we just were like because we woke up that Saturday morning and I was like guys and they all came into my dorm room and I was like Eddie Guerrero died last night and, yeah. like, we were all just like and they weren't fans like what uh, like you and I but they know of Eddie and right. we would occasionally all watch Raw and Smackdown together just because what else are you going to do on a Monday night right. in college right. um, but yeah this one like like we said at the top of the show, like I maybe remember three matches, and you said there were ten. I just pulled up the card. Mm-hmm. I only remember two of these. Okay. Like vividly remember two of them. So there's Jeff Jarrett versus Test, two minutes and forty seconds. X Pac and Kane versus Edge and Christian, four minutes and three seconds. It's on a two-hour broadcast, by the way, for mm-hmm. those keeping from track. Um, so that's six minutes and forty-three seconds of in-ring competition. Mm-hmm. Matt and Jeff against Kai and Ty, three minutes and twenty seconds. So now we're at ten minutes. Call. Ten, yeah, nine and change. Called ten. Sham, Ken Shamrock and Hardcore Holly, a minute forty-eight. So yeah. minute twelve. Yeah. Mankind defeated Billy Gunn by countout in three minutes. So we're at fifteen minutes of wrestling. And again, it's not about yeah. the wrestling on a night right. like this. I'm right. just saying it just so you can kind of get like how many people wanted to talk about them. <clears throat> Deal and Mark Henry defeated the Acolytes in four minutes and one second. The longest match of the night, mm-hmm. four minutes. Godfather and Road Dog ended in no contest when the Godfather offered Road Dog some of the hose. And Road Dog, this isn't on the notes. I just this is one of the ones <laughs> I remember. And um, Road Dog said, "I got a better idea. Let's go back in the back, light a blunt, and share Owen stories." Really? He said that? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Um, so they were in no contest. Triple H defeated Al Snow in 3 minutes and 42 seconds. The Big Show defeated Goldust in a minute. And then the other match I remember, and it's because of the ending that I remember it, The Rock defeated Val Venus in 56 seconds. Yeah. People's Elbow. Owen, this is your night, and damn it, The Rock loves you like no other. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about 25 minutes of yeah. the ring. You know, mm, which, 10 matches. <laughs> or 10 scheduled matches, I should yeah. say. Oh, and this is your night, and damn it, The Rock loves you like no other. Yeah. I used to know the whole thing just because it was etched in my brain. Right. Um, one of the few rock moments I actually enjoy. <laughs> uh, and then, like you said, yeah, the beer bash, and you put a beer yeah. in the middle of the <laughs> ring, and then JR closed it out with, I, I hope that I'm half as good a man as you so that yeah. we, may see, we may see each other again someday. Mm. Something along those lines. Yeah. Really powerful stuff. Yeah, no, it's great. And hey, Jr. and Jerry both talk right before Stone Cold comes out, and they both, you know, end up in tears. tears yeah, Owens, I mean, Waller's crying right. through it. And right. right. Woo! Yep. Okay. Woo! Now that we've done that to you, <laughs> my number three is something more on the positive side: the ten-man tag at Canadian Stampede. Yeah. I watched this again yesterday. Because it had been a long time since I've seen this match. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me go back and watch it. It was one of those in-your-house pay-per-views. So if you have the network, it's in-your-house 1990, in 1997. Yeah. It's Canadian Stampede. I believe it's the mm-hmm. 
October. Sept- I'm sorry, it's the September one because Undertaker was still the champion, and then Brett beat uh, him in August. So August, no. So July, Jesus Christ, July. <laughs> it was July because in August Undertaker right. won the title, and then in November was Montreal. Mm-hmm. In October, of course, was Hell in a Cell. So July 1997, in your house, Canadian Stampede. It was the Legion of Doom, Stone Cold, Ken Shamrock, and Goldust against Pillman, Anvil, Bulldog, Owen, and Brett. Each member of the Hart Foundation got their own entrance. Uh-huh. And, you know, we've heard loud crowds before. Mm-hmm. This crowd in Calgary is so loud, you can't hear the theme music. Wow. And you can't hear Howard Finkel introducing them. Wow. It's that loud. Even for Pillman, who's huh. like a Canadian by proxy. <laughs> um, right. Like, it was deafening. Yeah. Owen gets the win, of all people, rolling up Stone Cold. Oh, wow. Um, and then Stu gets in the ring, and Helen gets in the ring, and Keith, and Bruce, mm-hmm. and Blade, and Natty, and Georgia, and... Oh, really? Teddy Hart, and Davey Boy Smith Jr., and Martha, and Oge, and their daughter, and, like, everybody got in the uh, ring in the family. Huh. It was... It, it's, a, it's a sight to see, and it's funny to be like, there's Teddy Hart. Right. There's Davy Boy Jr. Yeah. Oh, there's Natty as like a 14-year-old. Wow, that's funny. Looking good. Um, <laughs> before she got her dad's frame. Um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with saying that. No, that's true. Um, she looks like a linebacker. Uh, she does. She's a... Bit, she's a handsome woman, as they say. Stocky. Like just a handsome woman, as yeah, we like to say. handsome. Um, but, it, you know, and again, I've never been shy on this show about not being a Brett guy. But yeah. I was a Bulldog guy. I was an Owen guy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was an Anvil guy. Mm-hmm. And even though my brother doesn't believe me, I was a Pillman guy. Hollywood Blondes were one of my favorite teams ever. Mm-hmm. This shit was really cool. And it was a really fun, long match. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole dynamic... So, my number my number two, by the way, was the reuniting to create the New Howard Foundation. Which t- ties in together. together. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I where I was going with that. But basically, you know, similar to the Nation of Domination, this brought Owen back up into the the big, uh, the title scene, really. Right. The, the, the top of the card. Um, and the whole thing with the getting chaired in Canada and getting booed in America was... It's amazing. It's really, like, unlike anything you'll see today. Um, it was so unique. And um, I... It's it's just awesome. Like it was just whatever side you were on, it was just it was loud, you know. It's sort of like a scene of reaction now. Like some people love them, some people hate them, and, but it's always a but, reaction. But beyond, like, picture the booze for Cena times like ten. Like yeah. I I I'm trying not to work with hyperbole and and over exaggerate, but like the. Reaction that the five heart members got for yeah. this match, and then when they brought Stu and Helen in the ring, it's yeah. just like it was literally deafening. Right? Because like, remember, there's not a whole lot going on in Calgary. Right. They've got the flame, yeah, and that's about it. Yeah, so, they like, have a giant um, rodeo, don't they? That's yeah, there's a lot of people with cowboy hats on at this show too. <laughs> but like, they take this shit seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. imagine how we're gonna react in a couple of weeks. When the bees 
Yeah. Raise another banner and send so. St. Louis packing. Yeah. It'll pale in comparison as to how loud this crowd was for this match. Wow. I gotta go back and watch it. Ridiculous. Then. Yeah. It is in your house, July nineteen ninety seven. Canadian Stampede. Canadian Stampede. Four point two five stars from Melter, by the way. Yeah, of course. He gave something with Brett four point two five. So was there a reason that um uh, Michaels wasn't involved in this? So, I think he was hurt. Okay. Yeah. Or hurt. Right, right. He's either hurt or hurt. <laughs> hurt with quotation marks. You can tell which one's which. Right. Um, yeah. Well, at least they... You know what's funny is they they often have whoever's from that town lose there, which I don't know why they do that so often, but I'm glad they didn't do it in this case. That would have been bad. Imagine... Mm. They would have stormed. They would have thrown chairs in the ring like ECW. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> you told me my son was gonna win. <laughs> he did win, Stu. What? That'd been awesome. <laughs> so you alluded to the fact that your number one was the Hart Brothers feud. Yep. My number. So we're just gonna talk about all this together because of the way I ended up doing mine. My number two is Owen versus Brett at WrestleMania ten. Mm-hmm. Owen versus Brett at nine, SummerSlam 94 is my number one. Yeah. Um, and yep. you, the brother feud was your number one. So let's... Right. We'll just talk about all this at one time. Um, sure. You know, like we said a few weeks ago, easily the best opener in WrestleMania history oh, yeah. was this match. Um, I called it Owen's biggest win of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, two matches in one night, Brett has to win the second one. Right, right. Um, and then the SummerSlam cage match at 94 is the best match in SummerSlam history. Right. Quite possibly one of the best cage matches of all time, if not the best one. Yeah. And that top row steel cage superplex, yeah. like, I can still see that. If I close my eyes, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, SummerSlam 94. Yeah. Top rope. And like when Brett taught, it breaks my heart to hear, yeah. when I hear the story about Brett talking about being up there and be like, I got you, brother. Yeah. And taking him back. I was cleaning out the house, you know, part of the house yesterday, and I found um, my copy of the autographed Bret Hart DVD oh, when you and I met Brett. And yep. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had it in a nice stack with other things, but I just happened to be the one I pulled out. I was like, oh, we're talking about Owen tomorrow. Yeah. I think tonight, when I settle down for the evening, I'm going to watch that match again because it's so goddamn good. Yeah. It's really great. And this was, you know, why I think why I hold this, of all things, Brett in such high regard for somebody I dislike so much. Mm-hmm. This was 1994, mm-hmm. pre-internet, pre-breaking of kayfabe for everybody. Mm-hmm. You, know, 90, you know, 1994, we were 10 years old. It wasn't out, you know, they hadn't completely pulled back the curtain yet. Right. So to believe these two really hated each other was not out of the norm right. and like they, they were believable and you know as a person with an older sibling I could feel for Owen Yeah. and then as the older brother to a younger sibling yeah. I could feel the Brett side of it so right. like you get all these dynamics and like anybody with a, an older sibling knows what it's like to be Owen right. in these scenarios and it's huh. a good way to put it Oh, I loved yeah. it. I love every minute of it. Yeah. Well, not every minute of it, because every time fucking Brett won, I got upset. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I almost I almost broke up the uh, 
those two matches to make it my two and one as well. But I just figured I'd make it my number one, the overall feud with Brett, so, mm-hmm. and so I could add something else in. But um, the undertone of it the whole time, like the I will never, under any circumstances, ever fight my brother. Owen. 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 And then to have um, two all-time great matches yeah. come from it. Um, the whole throwing the towel in and involving Backlund and, you know, throwing All these options. Yeah, exactly. It had so many tentacles. Um, it, it made both of our top ten one-on-one feuds of all time. I think it probably made the top five for both of us. I don't remember exactly where it was. but um, I think it made my top five rivalries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... It's just, it's so well done. It was a slower burn, which we, we almost never have that now, barring any injuries. Right. You know? Um, granted, you know, they had to, they could afford to do that back then because Monday Night Raw was just like, you know, Max Moon versus, you know, Harry Papelbon or something. Raw was an hour. Right. It was five, four to five pay-per-views a year. Right. You know, it was, there was no SmackDown. It was a lot easier to, to build it. Yeah, uh, there's something to be said for absence makes the heart grow fonder, but they could take their time with it and like just have it just bubble up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, I think what makes this feud so good, and I don't remember if we talked about this during the um, the rivalries episode or not, but one thing that makes a feud or a storyline so good is how many stars you can make off of it. Mm-hmm. And I know I brought up, I brought, I did bring this point up in the Raven Tommy Dreamer feud in that episode. But like, compare this to Hogan and Savage. Mm-hmm. How many stars came out of the Mega Powers explode? Yeah, two. Two. Yeah. How many? St- how many stars or big things happened with Brett versus Owen? Right. Backlund got the world title. Right. Yoko got another shot in the tag titles. The Anvil got brought brought back. The Bulldog got got brought back. Mm-hmm. Pillman got a shot. Austin got made a star. Diesel became world champion. Like, so many things. Cornette got another run. Like, so yep. many different things, either directly you know, directly or indirectly, right. were because of, in some way, shape, or form, Brett versus Owen. Right. Um, yeah, yep. you can't... That's a great I, way to put it. They do it a lot better now. Like, the shield feuds with the authority, and then the shield breaks up, and so these two guys... Like... They do it better now with some of that stuff, making as many stars as possible out of a one-on-one feud. Right. But it didn't happen. Like, that's why I think Mankind Undertaker was so good. Kane was part of it. Mm-hmm. Vader got involved. Mm-hmm. And the Acolytes. And there's a ministry. And there's a corporate ministry. Yeah. 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 Paul Bearer, you know. No, I think it's that's a great way to put it, you know. Um, it, it gives everybody a rub. Um... Nothing better than a rub in wrestling. <laughs> right, Bob Kraft? Oh, yeah. Bobby. I actually, we skipped, um, I had a couple honorable mentions. Oh, right on. Um, if we're done talking about the feud with Brett, I think we touched on it during the show as well. Yeah, we've done it a couple so, of times. Yeah, so. it's great. It's honorable great. mentions. Um, we already mentioned a couple, but um, he had a really good match with Shawn Michaels at In Your House 6, Rage in the Cage. Four stars from... Dave Meltzer. Uh, his Triple H feud and his match against Triple H um, at WrestleMania 14. That was a damn good match. Yeah. Uh, two times he won the tag titles with Yoko. 
So I thought that was worthy of mentioning. So he won four tag titles, um, once with Davy Boy, once with Jarrett, and twice with Yoko. Um, Do you know who they beat for the second time? Um, I read this, but I cannot remember. Trick question. They were handed the titles. Really? So they won the tag titles originally from the guns at WrestleMania 11, and then at an in-your-house, Owen was sick, mm-hmm. and so Bulldog was his replacement mm-hmm. against Sean and Diesel, and at the end of the night, Owen ran down to the ring and got pinned, <laughs> and Vince McMahon, or Commissioner Piper, or Jack Tunney, some crooked politician, mm-hmm. said Owen wasn't legally part of the match. Sean and Diesel still won the tag titles, but they've been stripped of them and they've been given back to Yoko and Owen. So Michaels and Diesel got credit for a tag title reign, yeah. and then they got given back to Yoko and Owen, <laughs> and Yoko and Owen dropped them the next night on Rod of the Smoking Guns. Oh, really? Yes. That's funny. So they didn't actually win it twice, they just were two-time <laughs> champions. Brilliant. That's good heel work. Yes, indeed. I dig it. Cool. Well, the last, the closing thing I want to say about Owen, I know we touched on this on the dream matches thing, but mm-hmm. it, you know it bears repeating. He was 34 yeah. when he died in 1999. Six months later, within six months, you know, again we're playing what ifs. If you go, if you fast forward six months and this doesn't happen, you know who's in the company six months later? Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. Chris Benoit, right. Perry Saturn. Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Kurt Angle. Wow. Think of those six matches. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like (sighs) for years. And it's funny, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because Jericho talks about how he only met Owen twice, which is crazy. You think that like he, Jericho trained at the dungeon. Yeah. um, You know, and one of them, one of the meetings was at at an airport by chance. Right. So, uh, and he talks about him at length all the time. You know, he's dedicated uh, shows to him before and stuff. So I, that was shocking to me, just to give you the sense of the reach of this guy. Yeah. I mean, he would be 54 years old this month. He would yeah. you know, May 8th, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He'd be in NXT. Yeah. Training people alongside Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He'd be in the Hall of Fame. He'd be a former WWF champion. You know, yeah. the list goes on and on and of what we could have had. Um I yeah. promise next week we'll have a more fun episode, <laughs> but I couldn't, you know, it would be a disservice to not talk about my favorite heart mm-hmm. and unequivocally one of the greatest wrestlers of all time to not be the WWF champion, yeah. the best wrestler of all time that's not yet in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think I can say that with confidence. He's just, he's... Yeah, in, in, in a story that... 20 years later is still a big story you know it, um, it 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 definitely resonates he certainly left a legacy where he hadn't forgotten about it yeah it's it's. I don't think we're going to be talking eh, maybe we'll be talking Eddie Guerrero this much in 20 years but or in 10 years yeah. it's already been 10 if you wow. can believe that um, huh. it's been 12 actually 2000 no 2000 5, 6, 7 yeah I would say 5 and then CB was 07. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that tracks. Okay, um, yeah, November 2005. Wow. Um, but, I mean, as much as we love Hercules, right? you know, no disrespect to Ray Hernandez, not going to be talking about, you know, the day Hercules died yeah. at, at length on the 20th anniversary. You know, Owen 
Owen was beyond special. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. All that being said, yeah. Uh, next time coming up is episode thirty-one. Yeah. Do you have a topic? I, I do. We would have to probably put some parameters around this, but I love parameters. Yes. What I have listed here is I love some of these behind-the-scenes stories. Um, so I have the top ten shoots in wrestling history, which we would have to, I think, exclude. The, um, well, because you think it's a work, anyway. Uh, but just exclude the screw job. But like a lot of these stories that you hear that are sort of mangled, and people are like, "Oh, I heard he did this behind backstage," and blah blah blah. And a lot of these are great stories. A lot of them are are key to what happened in WWE. Um, you know, and they have tentacles coming out of it. Like uh, I'll I'll spoil one of the ones on my list right now is. When Jacques Rougeau took a roll of quarters and, and punched uh, um, Dynamite Kid. my Kid in the face backstage, all the all the fallout from that, and, you know, things that you might heard a rumor of, or um, you're not sure if it's true or not. Um, all these things that happened backstage, or sometimes even in the ring, you know, real things that happened, um, not on script. Would we consider people refusing to work with other people and the consequences of those things happening as shoot behind the yeah. scenes shoots? So, sure. like immediately, I thought of the laundry list of people Austin refused to work with. Yeah, you know that we always hear about. Yeah, you know Austin walking out is a big one. So yeah, so I don't even know a lot of details around that. Huh? So. Oh, they'll be learning from me. This this will be one that takes me less than five minutes to come up with. Because <laughs> I always get my list done quickly. Yeah. So uh, we got a phone ringing. So before <laughs> that ruins another episode, I want to thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time on Ten Count Wrestling. <laughs>